grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will last forever. Speak to us and through us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Would you do me a favor and just lift your hands and just tell God, I know you're working it out for my good. Just just tell God. Don't tell nobody else. Just tell God, I know you're working it out for my good. Just you between you and God, take a moment right there and just just tell God, I don't know how you're doing it, but I know it's going to work out for my good. I, I don't know how you're fixing it, but I know it's going to work out for my good. I know it's going to work out for my good. I, I can't understand everything I'm dealing with right now, but I know it's going to work out for my good. Gospel of Matthew that you heard read early in your hearing, chapter 20, beginning at verse 24. And when the other 10 heard this, they were resentful and angry with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentile have absolute power and lord it over them. And their great men exercise authority over them tyrannizing them. It is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to be great among you, you shall be, you shall be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your willing and humble slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, paying the price to set them free from the penalty of sin. As you take your seats this morning, I want to talk for the next few moments about the secrets of greatness. The secrets of greatness. The secrets of greatness. The reality of life is that what many ascribe as greatness because someone has athletic gifts. Maybe they can jump high. Maybe they can throw a ball far. Maybe they can leap over what appears to be tall buildings. It's not the way the Bible describes greatness. Greatness is not seen in the attributes, although I laud and applaud the attributes of so many of the athletes, they are great athletically, gifted. A doctor may be a great doctor, but biblical greatness has more to do with your relationship to God and to God's people. It relates more to how does God see you and what do you see of God in yourself? That's what biblical greatness relates to. How does God see me? And what do I see of God in me? 
When I look at me, do I see the God I want to see? I know the Bible tells us that I've been fearfully and wonderfully made, Psalm 8, but, but, but the Bible also teaches me that I have been made in the imago Dei, the image of God, and when I look at me, do I see the God I want to see? Am I the revelation of God's goodness and mercy to humanity? Am I the gift that God gave humanity? Here comes the struggle bus right now. Because most of us would not like to think of ourselves as mirror images of God. It is easier for us to think of ourselves as individuals identified by the names we were given at birth or the names we accepted later on. And therefore, we can make ourselves individuals with no responsibility to the divine at all and no connectedness to the supernatural relationship with the very air that breathes through your body body because if I can dismiss my connection to the eternal order of God therefore I can now have independence and live my life my way and I can sing like Frank Sinatra I did it my way but if I'm connected to that which is eternal that which existed before time that which enters into eternity and has tomorrow in its hand and the grasp of my future and the plan of God already mapped out. If I must be connected to it, then I run the risk of having to do something in relationship to God. But if I can simply be my own boss, then I could try to reach for my own star and do my own thing. And then I could even sing about it. It's your thing. Do what you want to do. And I'll get funky with it, I can't tell you. Old folk know that one. Listen, listen. Here, this is a biblical conversation that we're going, we get the privilege of peeking in on this conversation. The conversation is the mother of Zebedee's boys comes up to Jesus and she gets him over on the side and she said, Jesus. I said, Jesus. I said, Yeshua. JC. Is mama here. Now, I, I understand you have this new order going and you're developing a kingdom and one day you're going to be king. Now, before anybody else asks, I just want one thing. Hook my boys up. Let one sit on the right and let the other sit on the left. That's all I want. And Jesus looks at her and looks past her at her sons and he starts talking to them. If you notice the text says, he asks them, can you handle the cup that I'm going to drink? 
He, he looks past her to them. I happen to believe, I, my own hypothesis, I could be wrong. I think them boys set their mama up <laughs> to go do their bidding. I think them boys said, mama, if you ask, it won't look bad on us. Mama, would you go and talk on our behalf? And every mother in here know I'm telling the truth when your baby boy come to you and say, would you? talking about power instead of talking about prominence and prestige Jesus shakes the conversation and starts talking about suffering hold up wait a minute I thought we were doing kingdom building Jesus says can you handle the coming suffering now, 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 saints, I, I know you don't like, you would want me to get up here and tell you that the victory is tomorrow and the victory is on the way and I got three days to, to the victory and, I, I, and in seven days the miracle's gonna happen and I believe in all of that. But before you get there, don't forget the suffering. And a part of what's wrong with Christianity today is they want a sufferless Christ. And they want to be sufferless saints. And then they want to be offended if they've been serving Christ and they have to suffer. As though because I was serving the Lord, I should never experience any of the problems of the rest of the world. I serve the Lord. Since I serve God, I should not have cancer. Since I serve God, I should not have to go through this blood pressure. I should not have to have knee surgery or hip surgery. And since I serve God, I should have no issues with any part of my life. Since I serve God, I should not have any suffering at all. Don't you know I serve the Lord? I'm a tither. I'm a giver. I'm a part of the kingdom family. So why is it that I am dealing with what I'm dealing with. I love God. Why do I feel like the world is crashing down on me? Don't you know I've been in church every week and when I couldn't come to the building I tuned in faithfully. Why am I going through what I'm going through? And the problem with the question is the question begs an answer that you think that you did something wrong or you could have did something right to cut off suffering but Jesus says in this life there will be tribulation but be of good cheer for I've overcome the world yeah saints suffer sinners suffer and the truth is even saviors 
suffer. Jesus says, can you handle the cup that, that is before you? Can, you? can you handle the rain? Can you handle the cup that is before you? I, uh, I keep digressing. That's, 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 can, yeah, can you stand the rain? Listen, listen. The, the thing is, he says, can you deal with this cup? Here's the cup. Can you do it? Oh, you on it today. You can tell you ain't always been in church. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you all the Kojic pastor. Here <laughs> he go. The funny, the funny thing is that the suffering, and, and yes, I intentionally, true story, I intentionally broke up the thickness of the suffering with the humor because I don't want you to get depressed. That's not what this sermon's about. This is a reality check. Because see, if I realize I have to go through something, then going through it doesn't mess me up because I knew it was going to happen. See, I get to eliminate all of those questions in my mind about what did I do to be here? Who did sin? that this man might be born blind. Who did it? Why did it happen? What mistake did you make? And I wanna tell you, just, just before you move, before I move from this point, you don't have to make a blame error anywhere. Just keep on living. So Jesus says, can you drink the cup? Of my, my cup, and, and, and he's talking, the, 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 the metaphor the, of cup actually always relates to suffering in this case. It is, can you take this that I have to ingest and deal with? And, and, and when, they, when, they, when they heard it, their response was, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah? Okay. And, and Jesus' response was even funnier than their response. Jesus' response was, well, I'm glad you're able because you will. And in case you didn't catch it before, you were going to anyway. And then something happens that is really interesting because Jesus deflects the conversation about right and left hand by saying, I'm not in charge of the seating arrangements in glory. My father handles that. And, and what's funny, this is later on, you get this when you read more Bible. What's funny is, if you want to sit at the right hand, um, I'm already sitting on the right hand side. <laughs> 
So you try to take my seat. I'm not sitting in the middle. I'm representing God. Oh, y'all get that later. Listen, so Jesus says, I need you to get something. He says, everybody starts getting antsy. Twelve, the disciples around, the other 10 are like, you know, really? You, you said that? Really? Really? Can you imagine, just think any 10 Christians you know, and two Christians try to get ahead of everybody else. You know the other 10 gonna have something to say. They're just church folk, they're just church folk. These are the same saints sitting in your seat. You know, the other 10 gonna say something. Even if they don't say it loud, they're gonna whisper, do you believe that? Do, do you, did, did you say that? They may not say it loud, they say it underneath their breath. You know how you Christians do when you talk about each other? Then you reach over and say, hold me, child, just hold me, just hold me, just hold me. I'm about to go off, I'm about to go off. I, woo, woo, woo. I ain't gonna say nothing, but I declare something ought to be said. I gotta hurry up, I gotta hurry up. I'm just talking this morning. And Jesus deflects all of that, and he says, I want to explain to you the difference between you and the world. I want you to understand the difference between you and everybody else. And then there are three secrets revealed. Three secrets revealed. He says, I need to explain the difference and I'm going to give you three revelations in this one piece. First revelation is this, that there must be a subordination above smugness. <sighs> Can you see it like this? You've got to be able to prioritize your relationship with God above trying to be something special in the eyes of other people. Jesus said, look, look, he said, he says, I want to explain something to you. You see the way those other folk act? He says, they use absolute power, they lord it over people, they tyrannize people. He says, it is not this way among you. Real Christians know how to be humble. Real Christians know that God is to be glorified and not individuals or self. Real Christians realize that it's more important to be like Jesus than it is to be like somebody else and even like Mikey. Real Christians know that there's no place for arrogance in the house of God when your allegiance ought to be lined up to the word and will of God. Real Christians know how to be humble. He says, I need you to realize you can't be walking around 
acting like that, thinking that's the kind of kingdom we need. We're better than that. We're better than that. We're better than that. We don't, we, we don't need all that other stuff. We're better than that. And I, and I sometimes see us. And we need to be careful about being arrogant even about our salvation. Because you need to realize you, the fact that you're saved now is not only a surprise to you, but a surprise to your family. <clears throat> There's some people who knew you when, who when you call up and tell them you were in church this morning, or you watching church online, they say, you? Uh-huh. No, no, you, you don't have a reason to be arrogant. You know why? You were doing the same thing that somebody else is locked up for right now. You were doing the same thing that somebody's being punished for right now. You were in the same place at the same time. You were shaking, rocking, dipping, dropping, dropping like it's hot. And when you got older, you were putting it down like it was warm. You know you were doing the same thing. And the only reason you were here and not there is that the grace of God has saved you. Don't you raise your nose up at anybody. You ought to thank God for God's grace. You ought to thank God for the stuff he didn't let get known. You ought to thank God for the stuff he still got under the cover. You ought to thank God for the stuff that he doesn't even let out on you. You need to act like you've got some sense and be grateful that God has kept you in spite of yourself. He says, uh, he says you, 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 you humble yourself. Don't get smug. Don't get, don't get, don't get prideful. Don't get prideful. Don't, don't enter into the spirit of hubris and, and pride. He says, you, 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 no, no, no. We don't act like that. That's not, that's not us. That's not us. That's not us. That's not us. You, you, you know, you can tell um, cultures by the way people treat folk. And anywhere you go for the last few years running, um, they ask you, what's the best fast food restaurant and not based on food and the food is good there as well but but based on service everyone keeps saying Chick-fil-A Chick-fil-A and some of y'all that have even had Chick-fil-A and you'd say Chick-fil-A why why because you can't go to one of their places and have somebody treat you wrong they would rather take the L than to mistreat you. Now for old folk, the L is the loss. <laughs> Aunt Birdie Bird looked around and said, I'm so glad he said that. I <laughs> Why? Because that's not how we act here. Matter of fact, our culture is of such that on Sunday we go to church, so we close down on Sunday. 
They said, well, that's your best-selling day of the week. It might be for somebody else, but not for us. Because we act different. Every believer in here, your job, the people in your school, the people around you ought to see a difference in you than everybody else because your humbleness, your kindness ought to be on display every day. Number two, I gotta, I gotta hurry, number two, number two. And, and Jesus says, this is, this is still verse 26 now. He says, it is not this way among you. In other words, you're better than that. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. The second revelation in the text is that it's service above self. Now, now there, there, there's, there's an interesting part of this because the humility that he talks about is that he says like he says verse 27 and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your willing and humble slave that's the amplified version now my diaconate as you're celebrating and where my ushers at y'all my ushers y'all this is your month too and uh thank god for y'all rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my god than abide in the tents of the wicked. Watch this now. Watch this. The word he uses here is slave. He actually used the word slave, which is the word doulos. And the word doulos in the Greek represents servant. And it's the servant that is not seeking for reward in the temporary. Which means that he says that you ought to act as though you are working for God for free now, knowing that payday is coming. Okay, let me do it again. My diaconate. Dulos is the root word to the word diakonos. So that when someone says that they're doulos, as the apostle Paul would say, to Christ, he's saying, I'm slave to Christ. So when they called them into the diakonos, they were calling them into the ministry of service. And the one thing I commend our diaconate for, and I celebrate with you, is that you have always understood how to serve and how to give God your very best. Throughout the pandemic, that's all you've been doing is serving, serving, giving, doing, blessing, and Look, in the beginning when we, when we, you know, in case some of you don't realize this, I'm going to tell a story out of school. The, 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 the pantry that we have in the Family Life Center is a result of the pandemic. We did not have a pantry before the pandemic. We saw the need. My wife, my daughter, Brittany, then they con we contacted the doctor and said, look, this is what we think needs to happen. And they jumped on in. So since the beginning of the pandemic, 
there have been at least two deacons at every pickup. Stand up, Kegel and Medina. Every pickup to get food to feed the hungry. Y'all ain't working with me. Because, now they didn't know I was going to ask them to do that. Listen, because they recognize that it's service. And some of you in here right now have not only volunteered, and I'm looking at Mike, look, you've not only volunteered, but you bought by goods and groceries and bought by essentials for families that didn't have. Watch this. Two weeks ago, our numbers were here. Just in the last two weeks, there's become so desperate in the area, literally the numbers needing the pantry has tripled. But I want to tell you this much, the good news about it is we've got people here that believe in serving, so we have been able to meet the need even though the need is growing exponentially above what we could have ever anticipated. I got Deacon and Deaconess over here who have come out to the pantry. When, when you couldn't be around folk, they were still out there standing up on the corner, walking the cars, dropping off food, trying to make sure people had. Because you see, what you've got to realize is that Martin Luther King said it best. Life's most persistent and urgent question is what are you doing for others? And you have to ask yourself, you, you see, if you think religion is only about coming together on Sunday morning, singing and praying, then you've got bad religion. It should not only be queens that stand up and dedicate their life to service. Queen Elizabeth said as a young lady, she said, I declare before you all my, my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and the service of our imperial family to which we all belong. I, I ought to tell you this. It ought not just be queens that feel like they've got to give their life to service. Every believer ought to recognize my life has to be given to the service of the king. Mahatma Gandhi, a great Indian sage, said the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. You really want to do something great? Serve somebody else. Serve somebody else. You know, I know all of y'all, and y'all look so good today. Ooh, you're looking fine, foxy, feminine, fabulous. You, you gentlemen are dressed up to the nine. You all look really good. But uh, George Washington Carver put it this way. It's not the style of clothes one wears, neither the kind of automobile one drives, nor the amount of money one has in the bank that counts. These mean nothing. It is simply service that measures success.
are you measuring up in service? But I got to tell you something. I got to tell you something. I got to tell you something. You see, we, we, we Baptist preachers, we love closing on the cross. I'm not going to do it this morning. We love closing on the cross. And we talk about the nails in his hand and the nails in his feet. And then we get to that part, but, but it wasn't the nails that kept him there. And, and you know the next part, it wasn't the nails that kept him there, then what did? Who somebody said it over there? It was love. Can I, can I give you this? Service without love is meaningless. My wife serves me all the time. She makes my plate, she feeds me well, and I'm so appreciative. So the, yesterday morning, I tried to make her something for breakfast, and I, I did my little makeup, and I brought it to the room, and she looked at it, she says, oh no, you can, <laughs> I'm okay, really, I'm okay. <laughs> I was trying so hard, I said, y'all know, Really, I did this up. This is good. This is, you're going to enjoy this. <laughs> She's like, just let me serve you. <laughs> no, no, no. But she knew it was from my heart. So she accepted my little meal with joy and gladness. But the thing is that anybody give you anything and it comes from a bad place, they can give you a, a, a hundred dollar bill and they say, and they treat you like you a dog and throw it down. You're like, I'm broke, but I ain't that broke. So. Jesus says, by this shall you know that you are my disciples, that you have love one for another. Now watch this, Mother Teresa put it this way. She said, the fruit of love is service, which is compassion in action. Whew. So when I put my compassion in action, I'm showing real love for one another. Now I gotta get out of here, I've been too long, I'm past my time, I got to go, so, but I got one more thing. The last thing that he says in here, and this is a lesson, he says, number three, it's sacrifice above safety. He says, whatever it takes, he says, if you really gonna serve, you gonna serve willing to pay the price. Now, here's what, it, what he makes clear. Verse 28, he says, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Let me do it again. This crowd over here. I did not come to be served. I came to serve. I didn't come just to be given to, I came to give. Watch this. He says, 
But then he says, and, oh, you want to add something on here? And to give his life as a ransom for many. In other words, I came to be sacrificed. I came to make a sacrifice. I just want to tell you this. We don't need you to sacrifice in that way. Jesus paid it all, and all to him we owe. But what's your sacrifice for Jesus? Every person I mentioned just now had to give something up to do what they did. You can't do it. You can't serve and not cost you something. Because you will have to pay a price. You can't work for the Lord and not have a price to be paid. There's a price to be paid, but, but I want to tell you that the sacrifice is worth it because when you serve the Lord, it will pay off after a while. And even if nobody down here ever says thank you for holding the door or thank you for getting a meal or thank you for sending me a card when I was sick, thank you for visiting me in the hospital, thank you for putting clothes on my back, thank you for helping me get shelter over my head, don't you worry about it. There is a God who sits high and looks low, who sees what we do and who recognizes that serving the Lord will pay off after a while. What you've got to realize is that God is going to reward you. Don't you fool yourself. Nobody can give you what God is going to give you. Nobody can bless you like God is going to bless you. Nobody can heal you like God is going to heal you. Nobody can keep you like God is going to keep you. God is going to bless you for your labor. It's not in vain in the Lord. Put your hands together and bless the Lord. What do you want the Lord to say? I want you to get this. I'm going, I'm done, I'm done. That's it, come on, come on with it. I'm going, I'm done. I hear it, I hear it, y'all. Come on, come on, come on. What do you want the Lord to say? What do you want the Lord to say? Well done, good and faithful servant. The Lord to say, oh, what do you want the Lord to say? What do you want the Lord to say? 
somebody here today who's looking for a church home I want to extend an invitation to you if you're here today and you desire to be a part of the fellowship I want to extend an invitation to you you can come today by letter by Christian experience or candidate for baptism if you're here today and you want to be a part of this fellowship just slip your hands up in the air if you're here right now and you're not a part of the fellowship if you're online why don't you join us Email us, text us, call us. We want you to be a part of this family. That, that's an old song. Some of y'all don't know nothing about that, y'all. That, that's an old song. Why, 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 do, why do I sing that? Because I recognize that I'm not working for you as much as I'm working for him. And I want to get his well done. I love it when you, when you say my pastor's doing a good job or I love my pastor. I love to hear that. But, but it'll be nothing if when I get to glory I don't hear him say well done. And let me tell you this, I don't care what you're going through right now in your life, the only two words you want to hear when it's over is well done. That's all, that's all, that's all, that's all any of us can ask. That's all any of us can ask when it's over. That's all we can ask. That's all we're working towards. Whether we live 80, 90, 100 years, that's all we're working towards is to hear him for his voice welcoming us home. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you for the word of God and for the testimony and the blessings of God in this place. We ask that you bless us, keep us. We thank you, Lord, for the word preached, but we also thank you for the word internalized. So, Lord, when this is over, I pray that we get more volunteers. I pray that we get more people trying to ask, what can I do? How can I serve? As they recognize that serving you is the best thing they can do and that the sacrifice is worth it be with us even now
So Father, I bless our gifts, our offerings, our tithes. I thank you for every gift and every giver. And I ask that you bless your people as they give. 60, 80, 100 fold. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated in the sanctuary. Come on, put your hands together and bless God, if you will. Very quickly, I want to invite you to get your offering together, whatever it is God has blessed you with and laid on your heart. Get it. Get your offering in your hand. Um, you can, if you're giving online, you got Cash App and GiveLify, and uh, you can do that. Or you can still mail it in. Uh, Cash App and GiveLify are available. Dollar sign Shiloh NL. Don't forget Shiloh NL. There are a lot of Shilohs out there. We distinguish ourselves by saying we're from New London, NL. Amen. So I love all of you with the love of the Lord. Uh, I bless God for you.